You may not have okay. a car at all. Mm-hmm. But remember, brothers and sisters, uh-huh. you can still stand tall. Mm-hmm. Just be thankful. Come on. For what you got. What they got? Diving in the back, sunroof uh-huh. top, digging the sand with a gangster lane. Tell them again, Curtis. <laughs> Diving in the back, uh-huh. sunroof top, digging the sand with a gangster lane. Man, Curtis Mayfield was a vibe. Yeah, that's that Memphis stack sound. Man, uh. He's so underrated, though. I'm your mama, I'm your daddy, I'm, I'm that ninja in, in the, the alley. alley. I'm your doctor when in need, want some coke, have want some, some weed. Whoa, you know whoa, me, whoa, I'm hey, your friend, hey. your main boy, thick and thin. I'm, I'm your pusher man. Like, I'm your pusher <laughs> man. You out in these streets, Curtis? Curtis move weight on the low. So just meet me at the let out Y'all trying to get in But I'm trying to get out Getting robbed, get shot at the let out Heels in her hand while she leaving out the let out I'ma meet my mans at the mud, mud let out Praying on the box, see a box with her tail out Who I can't wait, I can't wait until they get out We be pressing sand when we meet up at the let out Well, city of Atlanta Saints, goons, and ain'ts. Oh, yes. Welcome back to the let out where they killing y'all for eating at Burger King. See, I said last episode (laughs) that if you eat those tacos, you think you got to have a passport to go to Puerto Rico. (laughs) You did. I said that. However, comma. However. Seemingly, this new Impossible Burger is been it has been traced with a carcinogen. Sade, they are legit trying to take people out. So I saw the commercial last night. And I said, hmm, Burger King got a meatless burger. <laughs> Not one time did they say anything about this burger being plant-based. Fam. So when you bowleg shuffled up in here to tell me about this burger being laced and carcinogens, I'm like that. Fam, what are they feeding? Literally, people? the same chemical that is found in the weed killer Roundup that has been laced or linked to cancer lymphoma. Yeah, yeah. I think it's non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is found in that burger. And the all impossible. of the people, all yeah. of the people that was eating the Impossible Burger on that doggone commercial were minorities. Y'all better come from around at the Burger King. Oh, it's okay. a setup. Listen. Chick-fil-A. Remember, you heard it here first. Chick Fil A ain't never done no harm. <laughs> Chick Fil A ain't done nothing wrong. Mm. It's just church's chicken that finally received Listen. Jesus Christ. Chick Fil A want to heal you. The potter wants to put you back together again. How was your week, man? My week. How was my week? I'm under love, under new management. Hallelujah. I don't talk to you. <laughs> I'm in love, under new management. Oh, my Thank God. you, Jesus. No, my week was actually fantastic. 
Come on. Yeah, it was a busy work week per usual, um, helping the people as we can and doing what we can. Come on, pastor. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm grateful. What about you? What about you? Last week was good, man. Coming off of my birthday. I know, right? No. I need y'all to see these quartet hands and shoulders that this man got. What is happening? Just trying to see what you shake a little something on your birthday. You know. We praise God that we're not out in these streets doing something strange for a piece of change. Cause y'all with this hot girl summer, I'm sick of it. What is happening? I just need the seasons to change now. Listen, y'all out here, hot girl summer and your body look like a box Chevy. I'm sick of it. Winter is coming. Wait, (laughs) ain't that game with throwing? It is. Body shaped like a, a day walker. Are you okay? A what? A day walker. Ain't that what it's called? Light walker. <laughs> the frozen people that was walking in the midday. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, Good. Too far. Good. Okay. It's your podcast. What what is your name, first of My all? My name is Martin. And I am McBride. Officially again. Welcome to the Let Out. Shout out to y'all. Man, y'all have been listening to us. Yeah. From some of everywhere. We looked at analytics and there are people in Kuwait that are listening. I don't know how to say hello in Arabic, but you said something. Give us the translation, God. If the FCC is listening, that was Broderick Lamar McBride. I ain't had nothing to do with that. And uh, I don't want to end up like Zoe Barnes on House of Cards. Moving on. Ooh. Talking of the House of Cards, the block has been hot, man. What has been happening? Like, I don't even think we can even say that adequately anymore. Because at this point, I don't even know what I... Yeah. Yeah. So, first of all, there has been traces of Legionnaire's disease found at the Sheraton Atlanta Hotel that has killed one person Wait a minute. and has hospitalized several. Wait a minute. Sade, there has been a widespread outbreak of Legionnaire's disease that is legit taking somebody home to glory. Um, and several dozen of the others. Sher- the Sheridan? The as Sheridan. As in downtown? Yes. As in on Cortland? Yes. Y'all play some Yes. Much. And this has been as recent as July 15th. Um, the hotel had to evacuate all of their guests. And to this day, it still remains closed. Public health officials. The say, Sheridan is closed. It's closed, man. Why? No. I'm going by there. I am so serious. If you drive by there, make sure that you have on a mask. <laughs> Driving by is dangerous. Are you okay? Public health officials say a dozen of guests have been tested positive for Legionnaire's disease. It's a bacterial that um, causes severe form a severe form of pneumonia. Uh, but according to the attorney filing a lawsuit on Monday, hundreds more may have been exposed. Um, there was a 49-year-old that died in mid-July, and as recent as a couple of weeks ago, there's a 67-year-old photographer um, who was actually hired to document the hotel during a conference, actually contracted the illness, ended up in Atlanta's Piedmont Hospital with 104.5 fever. The man said that he was delirious. He didn't even know his name. <laughs> All of this 
this is from Legionnaire's Disease. And Legionnaire's Disease live in the air ducts of hotels. It lives in the, the water collected in the air ducts. Basically, it's a result of being nasty. At the Sheridan. The Sheridan. Immediately, I thought about that time we were in Memphis. Yes! At the Crown Plaza. Listen, and it smelled like mold. Oh, my God. First of all, I thought Legionnaires, you was about to talk about a quartet on the first story. And I was like, well, what does a quartet have to do with the block being hot? That legit, don't that sound like they were about to shake somebody's hand? I'm talking about drive us to Jesus. Come on. I don't know. This is a bacteria. At first, I thought it was a demon. I said, Legionnaires, that's a spirit. <laughs> I bind you. <laughs> Not my show. Tabasha. Jesus. Yes. So, y'all that are out here trying to have a hot girl, hot boy summer, make sure that you are well healthy, well stocked up on your vitamins. Um, make sure that that immune system is in check. Because people just ain't dying out here in Puerto Rico. Hello. They're going on home in Georgia, too. In the Dominican Republic. That is n- Legion. You better pray n- Psalms 91 before you go anywhere. Legion heirs. Legion heirs. Y'all play too. Much. What's your name? Legion <laughs> If somebody named their child Legion Get out. Did it have a ring to it? Get out. What's your name? Legion <laughs> Miracle Umbriante. <laughs> Legion Miracle Umbriante. <laughs> Jenkins. <laughs> Oh, Ooh, that Jenkins just took me under. What else? <laughs> you an idiot. He's Miracle That's a lot of names. Ambriante. What? <laughs> but we call it Tay. Get out. <laughs> so, Walmart employees call for a nationwide walkout in lieu of the mass shootings wow. in Ohio and Texas. So in the wake of the weekend's deadly shootings in El Paso, Texas and Dayton, Ohio, a pair of Walmart employees are joining a number of gun control advocates questioning the retail chain's sale of guns and ammunition and encouraging other employees to join in their protests. Thomas Marshall, who is a 23-year-old and a Walmart employee based in San Bruno, California, used email and internal Walmart Slack channels to reach out to fellow employees this week, encouraging them to call in Sick Tuesday to take a part in a walkout Wednesday to sign and to sign a change.org petition that calls for an end to the sale of guns and ammunition in all Walmart stores. He's quoted as saying, we are all concerned employees and Walmart says it values the outlook of its employees. He went on to say that we feel as if we can make a noticeable difference. Marshall said he's troubled by Walmart's decision to continue to sell firearms even after the mass shooting in one of its own stores in El Paso, Texas, killed at least 22 on Saturday. He says that if I do wind up getting fired for this, that's a risk that I'm willing to take. This is so powerful. So, I first want to be a problematic cousin. Okay. As a problematic cousin, I have issues with this story. Number one, 
you go to Walmart, any given Walmart, they got 23,000 lines that are designated for checkout. However, come mm -hmm. it seems as if the only two people decided to come to work. Fact. Who is gonna walk out? Fact. Who, who, who walking out? Who, who's participating in this protest? We are. Because we gotta do some checkout. <laughs> Put me on payroll. Put fam. me on payroll. Jesus. Okay. Now coming back. Um. I think that this is very, very, very powerful. Um, it, is, yeah. it, it speaks to us being able to use our power, our level of influence on any level to impact change. For Here sure. it is. He's an employee. He's willing to risk it all for the sake of, hey, sounding the alarm, saying, this ain't okay. We need to change this up. For sure. So, yeah, I, I hope that stories like this begin to encourage a number of us to use whatever level of influence we have, no matter how insignificant we deem it to be, to bring about change. And to an extent, I'm in agreement with mm. him. Um, I believe in the right to carry arms. Okay. But I take up an issue that an 18-year-old can walk into Walmart Literally. and purchase a high-powered rifle. Listen. But in order to get a handgun, you have to be 21 years old or older. Like, either he uses an assault rifle or he uses a handgun. If he has ill intent, Listen. either one of them can be destructive. So, not only that, but I believe that you can get um, an AR-15 yes. for less than a Glock. True. Very true. A Glock. And some gun shows, a Glock is maybe like around four up to seven on the high end. And a rifle, a smooth 250. Y'all play too much. <laughs> a smooth 250. Y'all play too much. Yeah. Wow. I mean, we literally talk about getting up off of your rusty dusty yeah. and doing something. So shout is. out to Thomas Marshall. Get a 23-year-old yeah. who said that he's going to do what he has the power to do in his sphere of influence. So, And don't care if he loses his job. Listen. I think that's the powerful part for me because oftentimes we find ourselves, you know, being a part of bad businesses with unethical business practices. Yeah. But because it's a check and we all about getting this coin and securing Listen. the bag, we'll go along to get along. Mm-hmm. And not say anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I celebrate him. All right, so, you know, just piggybacking off of what you just shared, uh, mass shootings took place in Dayton, Ohio, Sunday, August 4th, and in El Paso, Texas, Saturday, August 3rd. Um, in Ohio, a gunman wearing a body arm armor um, opened fire in a pup in a popular nightclub district in Ohio. He killed nine people and injured 27 others before he was killed by police officers. Um, this was actually the second shooting that took place in the U.S. no less than 24 hours. That Sunday, um, I want to say Sunday evening, um, persecutors in El Paso, Texas um, are actually seeking the death penalty for this young man. Um, I believe his name is Connor Betts. Um, what is his name? I think that's his name, Connor Bentz. Yeah. Of Bellbrook, Ohio. Yeah. No, that's Ohio. The one that was in Texas is 21-year-old Patrick Circus. Patrick, 
he was the one that actually opened right, up five years. Right, they right. killed well over 20 people um, and injured two dozen others. He, this actually took place in the Walmart. And what was an interesting thing about Patrick is that he was specifically targeting Mexican-Americans. Not only that, but he drove, I want to say, almost six hours yes. to do yes. this yes. because he wasn't local. Yeah. Um, and, uh, no, I'm sorry. I take that back. A 10-hour drive. Yeah. Um, he's from Allen, Texas, and he drove 10 hours to El Paso yeah. to go on this rampage. Yeah. And not only that, what is chilling to me is the surveillance um, footage yeah. of him walking through the parking lot of Walmart with this assault rifle. Nobody and he it. has on goggles and yeah. ear muffs and he's walking yes. through the parking lot with yes. this yes the now, level of apathy <laughs> is sick it's almost demonic no it is and and that's kind of like where i wanted to go with this it's interesting how they were able to apprehend um patrick who is a white male mm-hmm. but when there are minorities who seem as if they have a weapon are immediately executed without question. Listen, Patrick had enough time to gun down 20 people and 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 injure more than 24 people. Y'all play too much. And this man was apprehended and arrested. But a couple of weeks ago, a brother was gunned down from a simple traffic stop. Simply because the police felt like he was not complying with their demands because they thought that he had a gun. You asked me to give you my ID. I'm reaching for my ID. You tell me, stop. Don't reach for anything. What do you want me to do? But this guy, high-power rifle, take people out. It's, it's also interesting, too, because I feel like we're becoming desensitized to the violence that is taking place within our country. Um, you know, El Paso happened on Saturday. Dayton, Ohio happened um, on that Sunday morning. And legit, I wonder how many of us actually came into worship and we never mentioned anything Listen. about what took place in any community. You, you get what I'm saying? Or even within the context of worship, how many of us are coming into worship spaces and we're conscientious of, yo, if somebody come up in this church and open up higher, how am I going to get out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really think that that is a major prayer point. Um, not only do I believe that there is a demonic onslaught as it relates to um, the spirit of murder being unleashed within um, the borders of our country, Mm -hmm. what it looks like to be on high alert um, as it relates to prayer assignments. Absolutely. Um, One thing that I value about um, our place of worship is the fact that Doc literally stopped. Yeah mid-service like uh we're gonna pray about this literally um and it wasn't just um an isolated event um it's something that you know is an earmark of what we do prayer praying through being alert as it relates to um the place of prayer and intercession so i want to know what it looks like to mobilize 
intercessors in prayer, um, and even those who have dreams and visions, what happens when um, you dream about mass casualties and you have no place to say like, hey man, I had a dream about this, or hey, I'm really feeling burdened concerning X, Y, and Z. Like, what do you do with that? Like, is there a universal something or system in place to say, hey, this is what I am picking up on. Let's pray about this. There, yeah, no, I don't think that there is a, a universal system. Of course not. There isn't a universal system, but what would it look like for us to create something like that? Because two, I'm stuck with the dilemma of one, why didn't any of us pick, pick this up in prayer? You know, and for those of us that did pick it up in prayer, what did we do with it? Mm-hmm. Um, could we have warned somebody? You, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you get downloads and you get insight and you get intel, but what do you do with it without looking crazy? You know, if an intercessor picked this up in the spirit, they had in, in-depth dreams and they go to the police department saying, hey, I dreamt that somebody was going to shoot the Walmart up at 1.30 this afternoon. Y'all need to be there. They're going to think you're crazy. I think... You know what I'm saying? As it relates to that, praying that God will raise up those Daniels and those Josephs and those people who would be in different sectors of society Mm -hmm. um, who will have... Um, certain portions of influence Influence, to say, well, how about we make legislation concerning this? Or what does it look like to increase um, security as it relates to this? So not only praying, you know, that God will send you to the nations, because that's That's played. played. (laughs) That's so played. Um, And I almost went on a tangent, because I don't understand how you are praying that God sends you to the nations, but you walk past the people who are on your block. How does that work? Skip your block. You walk past the people that are in your house. Oh, okay. Well, since we're here. Yeah. We walk, we walk past the people that are in our houses. We have, um, you know, relatives that are unbelievers. Mm-hmm. We have relatives that are living all types of fugazi simply because they're watching our walk intimately. Mm-hmm. So, in what way have we kept people in our houses from seeing Christ simply because of what we leave, live behind private closed doors or simply because we won't have conversations? That Because a lot of us are shaking knees even in the, even in the area of our own faiths and what it is that we believe about God. So, before we can get the block, fam, you got to get your house. That part. That part. Say love. So, moving on, Jeffrey Epstein, an American financier and convicted sex offender, recently committed suicide in a New York maximum security prison. So, check this out. Yes. It has been reported that this man has committed suicide in this prison So it said that a hulking ex-cop facing the death penalty on federal murder and drug charges was reportedly Jeffrey's cellmate at Manhattan's Metropolitan Correctional Center. Mm -hmm. And an official says that Epstein feared 
um, that he might be attacked by the former police officer who was questioned after the disgraced financier's apparent suicide attempt last month. And he was transferred out of the cell shortly before Jeffrey died early Saturday. So before we even dig into this, he was on suicide watch. Yes. And he just pops up. Committing suicide. Oh, okay. But why didn't you take him off of suicide watch? I think that is the key question. If he's in, if he's in federal max, and he's under suicide watch, you're under video surveillance. Yep. And there is no surveillance that is available. They actually said that there were no cameras inside the room. The cameras were situated to look outside the room. That's problematic in and of itself. And you are on suicide watch with sheets or items that could cause strangulation. It's reported that Jeffrey wasn't checked on for hours before his apparent suicide. So somebody wasn't doing their job. Got it. (laughs) So this ex-cop was transferred out of Epstein's cell in the facility's special housing unit, a heavily secured part of the MCC that separates high-profile inmates from the general population. And at some point before Epstein's death, the Washington Post, they report that it wasn't clear why the cellmate was transferred or precisely when. So we have no explanation why his roommate was removed. Neither do we have a timestamp on when he was taken out of the room. So... How, how do we not know that his roommate didn't have anything to do with... Fam, that wasn't no suicide. I said that. That wasn't no suicide. They Did you know his ki- little black book was about to they make his roll? that man yes. because of the fallout of what would be uncovered if he were... Literally, if he was... Uh, if he were to go to trial and they would serve search warrants of little black books, ledgers, all of that. Fam, you can't pay me to believe that that corruption wouldn't even be traced back to the White House. House. Well, it was already being traced back to governors. The governor of Maine was one of, I think, three state governors that had been mentioned um, as participating and having intercourse with Jeffrey's teenage sex slaves. And the fact that we're using sex slave in the context of a teen is problematic. This is y'all America of 2019. Door blinks. And even in navigating through this as intercessors, targeting this in the spirit that the spirit of justice does prevail Mm -hmm. Um, and even praying that those that are guilty that the spirit of the Lord not only protects them from the spirit of of assassination 
but that God also brings them into light, that all things that are being hidden and covered up in secrecy and darkness, like those things be snatched and brought into light and exposed at the right time, at the right place, even praying through um, the magistrates and the judges that will be sitting on the bench, praying that their hearts um, be molded and conformed to the hand of our God who does will justice. Um, and also praying for these babies that, that were caught up in this mess because as an adult, I'm still trying to figure out how did a teenager get sold out or caught up in the world of Jeffrey Epstein? Did your parents sell you out? Did your parents pimp you out? How did this man gain access to you? It, it, it opens up a number of questions. Absolutely. Wow. Bam. Watch your kids, please. Please. And don't be out here just letting people, random people, be around your kids. And I don't even have kids, but I fight. Man, listen. Yep. Let somebody call talking about one of our nieces and nephews. Oh, it's cool. Fam. Oh, 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 oh. oh, my God. Oh. Oh. Like, are you... That's, that's a real... Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Y'all play too much. What? What's next, man? I've... Novelist Toni Morrison dies at age 88. Miss Toni Morrison, known for her Pulitzer Prize winning 1987 book, known as Beloved and other classics, passed away just last week. Beloved was out in 87? In 87, family. It seemed like it was much older than 87, but no. It was came out of 87 in the movie with Oprah and uh, Glover. That came out in the 90s. Yeah, that messed me up, family. Yeah. That, uh, that movie. Um, a spokesman said that she died due to complications with pneumonia. I, did she have pneumonia? Miss Morrison lived. Legionnaires? Uh, right. That's where I was I'm going sorry, with it. Miss Morrison lived in the Grandview on Hudson in New York. She was the first African American woman to win the Nobel Prize in Literature in 1993. Miss Morrison was the author of 11 novels as well as children's books and essay collections. Amongst them that were celebrated are her works, um, such as The Song of Solomon, which received the National Book Critics Circle Award in 1977, and of course, Beloved, um, which, was, which won the Pulitzer Surprise in 1988. Miss um, Morrison was one of the rare American authors whose books were both critical and commercial successful. Um, her novels appeared regularly in the New York Times bestseller list and many of them were featured on Auntie Oprah's uh, television book club. Um, yeah, Miss Morrison, a phenomenal lady. I love the fact that her mind or her craft was really driven towards telling the stories of black and brown people. Um, I was watching I was watching a documentary that she did with PBS. It probably was like one of the last ones. Um, and they asked her, why did she write black stories? And did she feel as if that she would ever write white stories? And Tony looked that woman in her face and said, the fact that you would ask such a question speaks to the racism that is embedded on the inside of you. Wow. Who, who, who would even question why I write about black stories. Why wouldn't I? 
write about black stories, the boldness that she had in honoring her craft. Yeah, I want to know who's going to catch the mantle of a Toni Morrison. Absolutely, because when stars fall, seeds rise. Yes, yes. Who, who's, who's postured to pick up this type of creative, fictional mantle of Miss Morrison, whose writings literally shifted and catapulted our world? We'll never have another Toni Morrison. We'll never have another Maya Angelou. We'll never have another James Baldwin. But I hope somebody somewhere. We may not have another one of them, but we have a Roger McBride. Oh, and we have a Sade Martin. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. Almost started weeping. Don't do that. Yes. That hurts my feelings. Yeah. And to think about how huge her thumbprint is. Yes. On just our culture. Jesus. She was still working as a professor at Princeton. You 88 years old, pouring out steel in young minds. Talk about going on like empty. I gave everything that I had. I just want our generation to leave more in our legacy than high girls are. Please. I'm begging. Say, say a lot. So, Mississippi is now the home to the largest immigration raid in American history. Wow. One more time for the people in the back. Wow. Mississippi, as of last week, is now the home to the largest immigration raid in American history. So U.S. immigration authorities have detained some 680 undocumented immigrants in what a federal prosecutor described as a a record-setting operation. U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of Mississippi, Mike Hurst, told reporters that arrests took place at seven sites in six different cities in Mississippi on Wednesday. The raids, he said, are believed to be the largest single state immigration enforcement operation in our nation's history. Officials have declined to provide details about what sites had been targeted, citing what they said was an ongoing criminal investigation. The arrest came as a result of administrative and criminal search warrants executed by special agents from Homeland Security Investigations. Today was the first day of school, and the parents are looking to take, you know, their children to school. But um, there are some kids who are literally alone. alone. So... Director Al Bentz, which is the acting ICE director, told reporters Wednesday that in the past, the agency has worked with school liaisons to help, air quotes, find placement for children when their parents are detained. He says that most of the time they're placed with another family member or some of the parents that were arrested will be released and placed on an ankle monitor throughout their immigration proceedings. This is so inhumane, like, even even thinking about the level of trauma that these babies- That is a thing. 
Uh, yeah. Because you saw the clip on social media yes. where that baby, the little girl, she was a, a pool team. Even even what they posted on Facebook was problematic for me. So you go to their parents' job, you round their parents up, school lets out. There are individuals that I don't know that know my name demanding that I get in the car with them. Mm-hmm. That's the first traumatic experience because I'm trying to figure out where's my mama, where's my daddy. I don't know you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then, after you bust all of these children into a community center, there are no preparations made for them. You knew that you was going to do this, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it that these babies had to spend the night sleeping on the floor of a community center? Why is it that dinner that night for those kids was slices of pizza being served to them by way of a napkin? You didn't even put their food on a plate. Mm-hmm. What? Like, what? What is? what is this? And we are doing this in what we deem to be the most powerful country in the world, and we call ourselves Christian. Listen. What, where is Christ in any of this? Listen. Didn't, um, didn't a mayor in uh, Mississippi yeah. say something? So, Jackson Mayor um, Chalkway Lumumba called the raids dehumanizing and wow. ineffective. And he issued a statement calling for local houses of worship to, quote, become sanctuaries for our immigrant neighbors and protect them for, from potential harm. I love Mayor Lumba. Lumamba. Um, even, even in what he's, like, rallying sacred spaces to do and to be for these people. It is such an act of Christ. Um, I even think about, you know, how in the biblical text, oftentimes um, when we look at the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, immediately most um, people who don't read the Bible for themselves say that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because of homosexuality. Um, well, in fact, that was not the reason why God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, God destroyed the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah because of xenophobia, mm-hmm. because of their lack of hospitality to strangers that were in their environment. Mm-hmm. When you go back and you do a close read of the text, um, when this stranger welcomed the angels of the Lord into his home, um, the men of the city wanted to ravage the angels wanted to ravage the strangers um, just to simply lord over their body, to lord over their own, you know, God-given power of self. And that kindled God's anger. Anytime that we put ourselves in a capacity to where we strip another individual of their God-given humanity, I believe it pisses God off. I think that it stands a direct enmity with who God is. Um, there's a, a, a notion that we learn in seminary that deals with the divineness, the 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 divine presence of God mm-hmm. that is on the inside of each and every individual. It's called the Imago Dei. Mm-hmm. And anytime that I do something offensive to you, I'm not just doing it to Sharday, but I'm doing it to the Imago Dei, the image, the divine image of God mm-hmm. that is dwelling on the inside of you. So we are doing all of these injustices to um, these immigrants, to these children, 
And I don't think that any of us have really paused to say, wait, we're not just doing this injustice to these illegal immigrants, but we're also doing this injustice to the spirit of God that is dwelling on the inside of them. And are not only that, are we doing these egregious crimes to immigrants, brown and black people, what have you, we're our complacency and our apathy, even as it relates to seeing said things done, is an act of perversion. It is. Literally, what perversion is, is a deviation from a divine design. Mm-hmm. Whatever the purpose or original intent of a thing, to go against that is perversion. It's perversion, yes. So for you, brother and sister to sit and to watch these things happen and you have nothing to say there is nothing on the inside of you that comes to a sense of indignation that you want to change you want to help you want to assist you want to do something about it that's an act of perversion and Charday. The fact that these crimes, because that's what they are, absolutely, are taking place within the Bible Belt. That part. That is so problematic on so many levels, right? Even how is it problematic? I mean, is it really coincidental? Because the first well, act of perversion wasn't in the earth; it was, it was in, in the heavens. heavens. Yes, yes, yes. Lucifer, who was created mm-hmm. with, he literally God equipped him. With what he needed to fulfill his purpose. Yep. Your Bible says that he was created with tabrets and pipes, pipes in him. Yes. So when the wind of God blew, the host of heaven began to worship God. Yeah. So pride was found in him. So literally, that pride caused his pipes to twist, to contort. Yeah. So that's why um, the New Testament can say it's almost as if it's a. Uh, um, a tinkling cymbal, mm-hmm. clanging, clamoring, sounding brass, yes, cymbal. all of that. Yeah. So, if perversion was found in the heavens, which caused Lucifer to be cast out, kicked out, expelled from heaven, of course it's not coincidental that these egregious crimes would happen in the Bible Belt. Yeah, and I think. The most problematic piece in this is that nobody is calling the business owners on the corporate. Because the truth of the matter is, before you were able to hire these said illegal immigrants, they should have filled out a 1099. Mm -hmm. They should have filled out a 1040. Mm -hmm. None of those things were taking place. So who's bringing indictments against these business owners? Who's bringing indictments against these high-powered companies that hired the people in the beginning? And question number B... These people got arrested during the work week. Um, what happened to their payroll? What happened to the their paycheck? The company pocketed it, and not only did they pocket it, there's reports on CNN that one of the um, poultry plants, I think mm-hmm. it's called Koch Foods, mm-hmm. they literally today held a job fair. They gave me chills. A job fair to fill the employment slots of the people who were arrested in this raid in your plant. 
That makes me want 11 to. miles from where they yeah. were arrested. So I'm going to set you up to get arrested. I'm going to keep your pay. I'm going to ensure that your children are displaced because we don't know what's going to happen to these kids. Case in point, the babies that got caught up down at the border in the mm-hmm. very beginning, most of these kids got displaced to New York. What? And we still to this day don't know what happened to those kids. So even them saying that you would give them placement, air quote, that don't mean a nickel's worth of dog meat to me. Do your due diligence and research the 10 stages of genocide. I said Mm. that. The 10 stages Mm -hmm. of genocide. I'm going to run them down because I like you. Number one, you have classification, which people are divided into us and them. Number two, you have symbolization. People are forced to identify themselves. Three, you have discrimination. People begin to face systematic discrimination. Four, dehumanization. People equated with animals, vermin, or diseases. Sidebar, your president, your president. that you yep. voted for yep. is literally on Twitter, yep. on CNN, calling, rats, calling people roaches. rats, yeah. rodents. Um, he keeps using the term infestation. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind. Number five, you have organization. The government creates specific groups, i.e. police and military forces, to enforce the policies. Number six, bingo. Number six, you have polarization. Um, The government broadcasts propaganda to turn the populace against the group. Mm. The rise of white nationalists. Oh, oh, oh. And here recently, um, the FBI just released a report where they um, declared black. Yeah. Black extremists. It's not black extremists, but uh, what is it? I guess black political voices to be Mm -hmm. extremists that incite racial hate, Mm -hmm. racial violence. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, the NRA. Huh? the, The Tea Party. Huh? And the list goes on. Okay. So you have polar uh, polarization. Wow. Then number seven, you have preparation, official action to remove or relocate people. This is where we are. Wow, yeah. Preparation. From there, you have stage number eight, which is persecution, beginning of murders, theft of property, trial um, massacres. Number nine, you have extermination, wholesale elimination of the group. It's the extermination and not murder because the people are not considered human. Human. Then number 10, you have denial. The government denies that it has committed any crime. And what is this called? The 10 stages of genocide. Okay, so those of you all that are listening to us, we really need you to begin to lean in and pray against the the 10 stages of Of genocide. genocide. Specifically praying that those systems, they fail, they falter, that they be utterly destroyed and eradicated and where those systems have um, anchored themselves or hooked themselves into our social, political, um, Mm -hmm. and even economic and cultural climates, that those hooks be yanked out, that they be utterly destroyed, that they be unplugged. Um, And again, that the justice of God 
arises. Mm. Begin to pray mm. through about um, sober attorneys arising, sober um, senators arising, and governors and magist- magistrates, and yeah, uh, even even those that are part of the police force. That sobriety begins to sweep across the country with those that are um, in power to enforce the law. This. Ugh. 10 stages of genocide and it pains me that we are in the year of our Lord 2019 and we're talking about genocide like it makes me think about Hotel Rwanda that film and how um, the rhetoric was so brazen um, to dehumanize um, the other party Party. that you know that they weren't really feeling and it's to the point where um the people who were in certain sectors it was just a a, it was just a common thing at that time and it's like how many times have we seen things come across our instagram feed our facebook news feed our twitter timeline and we see it so much that it's just like oh, okay it's out here but fam you like you going to wake up in a concentration camp legit i said that america is headed to a nazi germany fam Literally, there's no reason why we could pick up New York Times, we could pick up USA Today, and it feels like we're reading a page out of uh, Anne Frank's journal. Okay. This is... Sick. God help. Sick. And I, I think even on a greater level, we need strategy to combat against this because that is demonically strategic. It is. That is so demonically strategic. And as you read the 10, I can identify in my present day how those things have manifested. Yeah. Just within this year alone. We we haven't made it to the final two, but we're almost there. Absolutely. Donald Trump is dangerous on a number of levels, but he is dangerous for the United States of America because his brazen whatever you want to call it, it emboldens white nationalists. It does. Literally, um, from the time of our parents, our grandparents, they had, um, especially in, um, my parents are from Mississippi. Mm -hmm. So in the Mississippi area, in um, the Alabama area, they had the White Citizens Council, Mm -hmm. which was an offshoot of the the Ku Klux Klan. It was the people who wanted to um, do what they do, but they wanted to be white collar. They wanted to have the suits and the ties, the business owners. So, you know, of course, civil rights came and a lot of this started to die down. However, you have this racist banter. I said that racist banter from this orange man in this White House that literally empowers these pockets and these sects of extremists to come out of the woodworks like, hey fam, we have backing from the highest, from the office, highest office in government in the United States. In the world. Of it. Mind you, statistics show that there has been a rise in white nationalism since he's been in office. And the White Citizen Council did not go away, fam. Didn't. And even the guy, um, Patrick, 
that uh, was responsible for the mass shootings in El mm-hmm. Paso. His Twitter feed is it's filled yes. with Trump rhetoric. Yes. yes. White nationalist rhetoric. For well over a year. But Tariq Nasheed, okay. y'all put a travel band on him. And okay. he's simply just trying to tell us about Hidden Colors. If you don't know anything about Hidden Colors, volume one through five, you need to do the due diligence to research who Tyreek Nasheed is and get access to that information. They legit just put a travel band on this man simply for movies, videos, documentaries that he created. He ain't out here like these white nationalists telling us to go out here, get guns, arm ourselves, and kill those that don't look like us. He hasn't said that at all. Yeah. If you don't hear anything else that I've said, hear this. Get you a passport. Get you some foreign currency. Because I do believe that the American dollar is going to hit the toilet very soon. Very soon. Get on the Forex, the foreign exchange. Foreign exchange, it deals with all high currency of the world. And it also includes natural resources as well. Forex is a thing. Can I tell you that I know we're headed self-destruction headed for self-destruction I don't know why that just popped up that's horrible we're headed to disastrous times when and a lot of people don't know this do you know that the most valuable commodity in the world is no longer oil Mm. it's data Mm. and what's scary what's scary about that is the most precious commodity or most valuable commodity in the world is data and we don't have laws and legislation in place to protect us adequately. If wow. you have not seen this documentary on Netflix called The Great Hack, take you a couple of moments and go look at that and you will be mortified as I was last Sunday texting my brother, man, have you seen this? There is a company that's called Cambridge Analytica Mm -hmm. who was responsible Mm -hmm. for swaying the 2016 election Election, in the the United States of America. And they were responsible, so reports say, for um, tampering with uh, Brexit. Yeah. It's going to be interesting 20 years from now when our kids are in school and they're learning about American history and they're learning about this election, how when finally the truth comes out, we'll be like, yeah, we knew this. We we knew that this happened. I'll put it too much. Yeah. All right. Uh, today marks the second year anniversary of the Char- Charlottesville um, attack that took place two years ago. Um, on August 12, 2017, a Unite the Right white nationalist rally was held in Charlottesville and state and local police spent months preparing for the event. However, despite the heavy police presence of more than 800 law enforcement officers, the demonstrators turned into violence leading to the death of counter-protester Heather Hager. James Field, a vowed white supremacist, was sentenced to life plus 419 years on federal it's not funny, it's but not, I'm trying not, to figure I'm out. I'm sorry. 
he's in there for life, but then y'all gonna give him 419. What parts of him is still incarcerated? Fam, they want your soul. Your soul is on lockdown? Locked up, they won't let me out. They got him locked in the belly of hell. Well, the fallen angels are angels. All right, so 419 years on federal hate crime charges for deliberately driving his car into anti-racism protesters. The Charlottesville protest uh, created racial tensions around the nation, and President Donald Trump caused controversy when he blamed violence at the rally on both sides. This is your orange, President. Victims and community activists gave statements outside of Charlottesville Courthouse where Fields Jr. was sentenced. Hayer's mother, Sarah Groh, was the first to deliver a statement to the press after Field was sentenced. She talked about the work that Heather Hayer Foundation had been doing since Heather's death. He's so problematic, fam. That's just like in El Paso. He goes down there and says that El Paso is one of the worst um, crime-infested cities in the nation, fam. No, they're not. Wait, 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 wait. I have a better one. On that same visit to El Paso, him and his wife smile to take pictures with a baby who's now an orphan because his parents were gunned down in the Walmart. This isn't a photo op moment. Our President Obama went down and met with families privately just to acknowledge their humanity. What was Trump? Out at Walmart cheesing with babies. All I want to know is why his wife hasn't been swept in an ice raid. I said that. Is that all? Because I'm... You know, you just sucked the air out the room with that one. I mean... Valonka ain't got papers. Ain't that her name? Veruca Salt. <laughs> Ashka, Ashka. She ain't got papers. Fam, she should be in an ice raid too, fam. Rose Big Sheila too. Sick of it. Jesus! Look, listen, I, I pray that each and every one of you that are listening, um, you do feel the burden from the news that we've shared and that it causes you, as my sister would say, get off of your rusty dusty to do something. And don't let that I don't know stop you or cause you to be in places of stagnation. Because yeah. if I see you somewhere, I'm going to pop you in your throat. <laughs> Judo chop you in the throat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what we got coming up next, Kyle? Unpopular opinion. Oh, Jesus. Unpopular opinion has been nuts since the top of this year. It has. And we just don't feel no ways tired. We so want all the smoke. We here and ain't nobody gonna move us. This week's unpopular opinion, truths that no black person will publicly admit. Oh, you gonna confess today. These are my confessions. She got one on the side. These are my confessions. These are my hands, That's probably... Usher probably got uh, uh, Legionnaires. He's singing with the quartet, too. No? Okay. Okay, no. All right, so first things first. Number one... 
OJ did it. Did? OJ sliced Nicole and her lover from here to Timbuktu. OJ got away with that murder. I don't care what y'all did. say. OJ did that. I don't know how uh, uh, Johnny Cochran pulled that off, but OJ did that. We need to be praying that God raise up more Johnny Cochran's. Jesus dropped the charge. <laughs> he dropped the charge. Jesus dropped the charge. Listen, uh, they got Andrew Caldwell out, too. He went to jail. This ain't the same thing, don't you? Ever. No. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you. No. Are you okay? No. No. Oh. Yeah, OJ did that, fam. OJ did that. And it's to the point, fam, if you were somewhere in a closed area with OJ Simpson, You'd be like, uh uh-uh, come get, uh uh-uh. Y'all know OJ did it. Sick of y'all. OJ did that, he did it. Martin Luther King had holes in different area codes. Don't you talk about Martin Luther the King. I said that. I got holes. I got holes in different area codes. Well, you know, he was definitely a man of his time and not giving an excuse. He was a Baptist pastor. Was. We see what the clergy is doing now. Never mind. Okay. Listen, y'all can say what y'all want to say about Baptists. We might have some uh, Crown Royal, but we know, <laughs> we know that, that Bible. We may burn you with a cigarette. Listen, some Benson Edges. <laughs> Virginia Slims. Cool. <laughs> Coming to Green Pack. <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> we know that Bible. We know that Bible now. And <laughs> Baptists gonna tithe too. And they gonna give you. Huh? That. You know, I come from the school that believes they should have been rotten the king. Should have. For driving a two-door Honda Civic on a suspended license. Sam, you out here, it wasn't even just a Honda Civic. You were you were in a Honda Civic hunchback. You needed to be fam. They need to beat that Jerry Curl out of it. <laughs> no, but they did beat this Jerry. They did. They beat every teach of that Jerry Carroll off of Rodney King. Is he alive? No, you know, he died. He was still on that shirt. Sources say. Allegedly. Can you say that? He was still on the bike. Because, you know, that night that he got beat, they said that he was suited off of PCP. He was on that shirt. So they didn't know how he was going to act. So You're they so just. Old. I bet you say heroin. Can't confirm what the <laughs> He on a Heron! <laughs> what? You heard me, Heron. Y'all want R. Kelly to be muted, but y'all still out here stepping in the name of love. We see you. And giving up honey love. Seems like you're ready. <laughs> to go all the way. Oh, oh. Mighty. Oh, Okay. All right. Temperature's rising. Hmm. Your body's yearning. 
For me. Every, oh, for me. I just want to punch him in the face, man. It makes no sense how his music is so embedded. Yes. Not just in our culture, but our childhood, yes. ma'am. And he was telling us what he was doing. Age ain't nothing but a number. And the law ain't nothing but a thing. Huh? The Pied Piper. Huh? Taking them to the candy shop. What grown woman you know want to go to a candy shop? Chocolate factory. I'm all the chocolate shit. Woo! All right. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you for making me go. You know, I come, I'm going to just say it with my chest. Kool-Aid is disgusting. It's disgusting. And if you still out here drinking Kool-Aid in any shape, form, or fashion, I question you and your credit score is probably in the 400s. And we speak in tongues against you. Namashe, namasha, dabasha. You still out here. Ishana. Right. You still out here giving these kids Kool-Aid and you trying to figure out why they can't focus at school. It's Kool-Aid on the brain. You didn't put 40 pounds of sugar. My parents actually, my parents didn't let me drink Kool-Aid. I mean, Kool-Aid was always in our home. Really, up until I got a teenager and I was like, please stop buying this. <laughs> Just stop buying this. If we can't have juice, pop, or water, I don't want it. Come on, pop. <laughs> Let's talk about these 40-year-old building funds. Your church ain't changed the doorknob since Hector was a puppy. What wait, is, what wait, is happening? Wait, wait, wait. Hector, the big red dog. Was a puppy. Shut up! You ain't got a doorknob, a light fixture. No new sound system up No nothing. Y'all got them same nasty mic covers. That smell like the back of throats. Smell like Legionnaires. (laughs) (laughs) This microphone stink. I'm sick of it. It, Never mind. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) So those that don't know me. I was a part of a quartet group. Come on. Quartet? Good quartet. Come on. That's um, where that falsetto come from. It was... (laughs) And it was a... uh, Did you just throw snot paper at me? I did. There was a particular church that opened up their doors. You know, the letters like rehearse or whatever. There was one main mic that stayed in the pulpit. When I tell you that mic smelled like doo-doo and big red... Wait, what? <laughs> Remember Big Red Dog? They don't even make Big Red no more, but it smelled like doo doo and Big Red. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Needless to say, please wash your church mics. Please. Please. Oh my God. Y'all out here claiming Hot Girl Summer. Huh? But some of these bodies are shaped like cereal boxes and box shedding. I said Wait. it once, I'll say it again. Wait. Winter is coming. <laughs> You look like lukewarm winter. <laughs> a black Chevy fam. <laughs> you look like the chilly winds are blowing. I don't understand it. Then you want a tootsie roll and frolic out of these streets. Oh God. Go sit down. Cause that's what your body is screaming for. Oh sit down. I'm sick of it. Well, you know. I admire the confidence though. 
Ooh. I admire your confidence. But some, 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 somebody got to say it. Somebody must say it. It's always Ugga Boogers that got mad confidence, fam. And the Ugga Boogers stay with somebody. <laughs> That's the part I ain't like yet. I'm trying to figure that out. I'm trying to. <sighs> Shout out to all the Ugga Boogers out there. Oh my God! <laughs> what? I, I celebrate every Ooga Booga that is winning, okay? Send me the manual. The Ooga Booga manual? The Ooga Booga manual. Jesus! <laughs> this is why I don't talk to you. That was an unpopular opinion. Uh, I stand by what we said. I, I approve this message. And ain't nobody gonna move us. What is that? Where do we go from here? <laughs> mirror, mirror on the wall. Oh, you, you churching it today? Who's the flyest intercessor of them all? Your mama. <laughs> <laughs> That's so disrespectful. That's so disrespectful. <laughs> So this week, um, for Mirror Mirror, we are really talking through something that I believe is important, not Absolutely. only for intercessors, but for anybody that claims to be a part of the body of Christ. Absolutely. Um, the art of waiting, mm -hmm. you know, um, as an intercessor um, who is not well-versed in waiting on the Lord, you are an absolute liability. Absolutely. I say that again. If you as an intercessor is not well-versed in waiting on the Lord, you, ma'am, you, sir, are an entire liability to anybody, anything, and any place you are connected to. This is your word for 2019 and probably 2020. Absolutely. Go somewhere and sit down and learn the pace of God. Because that is a thing. Yeah. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Waiting on the Lord is a vibe. Um, it's in Psalm, what is it? I believe it's Psalm 29. Psalm, no, actually Psalm 27. Psalm 27 in verse 14, it says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So from this pericope mm -hmm. that you have highlighted, mm -hmm. It's literally saying and suggesting that we are forfeiting measures of strength because we refuse to wait on the Lord. On the Lord. That is yeah. rich. And catch this. When you break down the, the word wait in this particular text, it says to look for, to hope. To expect. So you know that weight <laughs> is the same weight that uh -huh. is found in Isaiah 40, 31. Yes. Um, they that wait upon the Lord shall, shall renew, renew their, strength. their strength. So that word weight in Hebrew is the word kava. Yes. And it literally translates or it gives the idea of not waiting to wait, but waiting to serve. Yes. So if I'm waiting on God, I must do what waiters do. Hmm? Serve. Oh, okay. Because anytime you go somewhere and you eat and a waiter gives poor service, you complaining, mm -hmm. you want to talk to management, mm -hmm. you upset. 
So the question that I want to pose on the table is how many of us, God is absolutely upset with our service because we are poor waiters. How many areas are, how many areas around us are going unattended because we're so focused on what God can do for us instead of being attentive and focused on what we can do. Yeah in service to the Lord while we wait on him. Yeah, yeah. And could it be that heaven is scrutinizing our service or lack thereof? Yes. And the breakthrough that we have been petitioning for, we have been clamoring for, and we have been dancing and huckabucking for, fam, you just got a good workout on your Apple Watch. That's it. Furthermore, I think this also segues into the scripture that calls us the co-laborers of God. Mm -hmm. There is nothing worse than having a lazy co-worker. There's nothing worse than having a group project and whoever you're working with on this group project, they are absolutely lazy. We hate it because it means that you have to work double time. You have to work overtime in order to get the project done, to see a thing through. So how many of us, if we were to take the same energy and apply it to the context of us being God's co-laborer, us waiting on the Lord, waiting in expectation, waiting and serving the Lord. How many of us are causing heaven to work overtime simply because of our laziness? We won't pray. Listen. We won't seek the Lord. We won't even allow ourselves to be the hands and the feet of God for the individual that we dislike. Listen. Because the truth of the matter is God still loves the one that you hate. And oftentimes Listen. God will use you to be a point of ministry and healing Ask me how for that individual. Ask me how Think about putting together a project as to your point and you get to the day of presentation and you guys have done all this work and this one person that ain't done jack comes and stands up with y'all and they just cheesing and you looking you know how pissed off you are standing up there be angry how many of us have offended holy spirit oh 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 because we stand in these moments and we're, yeah, I've been believing. Where? Where? Faith, how? How? Where? And God gives us opportunities to utilize our faith. But because the test didn't come the way that we desired or expected it to, we throw temper tantrums instead of arising to the occasion in the spirit of faith. The scripture literally says, again, Wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. The fact that the scripture says that we need courage to wait on God, that says a whole lot. Faith is for the risky. Say that again. Faith is for the risky, the risk takers. There is no way for you to employ biblical faith and not take risk. No way. So, faith causes you to go against the grain. It does. Faith causes you to go against what even can be deemed as wise counsel. Because there are moments Mm -hmm. where people will counsel Mm -hmm. you and it sounds wise in that moment. Mm -hmm. 
And God is literally nudging you like, yeah, that's good, but I need you to go this way. Yep. It's for the risky. It's for the risky. So if we are not moving in faith, and if we are not moving in faith and we are not taking the God-given risk, we literally become a liability. Because that means that you are taking up space and environments that one, you are not called to, Two, that God has moved beyond and you're still there. And three, you damn wait. Catch up to the pace of God. And being in the pace of God, it doesn't feel good all the time. You're going to have a whole lot of questions. But I promise you, if you are willing to take the leap of faith, heaven's backing will cause you to soar. Has no choice but to. Has a choice but to. Even um, in, in digging further into the text, did, looking at the word wait um, and researching it, it also talks about another definition of wait within the text is to collect mm -hmm. or to bind mm -hmm. together. To tie together. To tie together. Mm -hmm. um, so even this whole dynamic of what we're talking about with faith, I believe that um, one of the reasons why a lot of us go weary in our faith is because we simply forfeit our God-given victories, mm -hmm. right? We simply apply faith to the word of God. And it is true. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Absolutely. But it's something completely different when that book comes alive in you and you see it take place in your lived experiences. You know, when you've seen God heal cancer, it's easy for you to trust God again as Absolutely. a healer. And then when God comes back and he performs healing in areas of eyesight, and clearing up autoimmune illnesses. It's easy now for you to believe God, you know, to open up a deaf ear in your presence in that moment. The only way that you're able to believe that the God of the Bible is alive is if you remain present. Don't you ever forsake your God-given victory. Yeah. Because it gives you strength. You got to bind that God-given victory that you live through in with the word of God. And you use both of those in tandem together as you wait on the Lord. And you have to be, as you said, to your point, you have to be present to wait. You have to be present to win. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm -hmm. Could it be that we have forfeited levels of breakthrough and victory because we refuse to show up as our authentic selves? Your Bible says the whole of humanity waits for the sons of God to arise. So your victory is waiting on you to show up and claim it. Wait. So could it be that all of this mess is taking place within our government because the sons of God are failing to arise? Huh? Could it be that these injustices that are taking place, you know, towards the, the immigrants and towards the immigrant children and even with the, 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 the Jeffrey Epsteins, like, could it be that these travesties are taking place within our world, within our government, simply because the sons of God are failing to arise? You up in your house crying out and begging God to help you to pay your rent. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, God needs you to gain access to the legislators of your city, the legislators of your state, the legislators of your, your country. Listen. Hmm. Even in the text, it talks about this word courage. Um, or no, strong. The, the word strong. Um, it literally ties into 
um, several definitions, but one of them that really blessed me, it was the definition um, that identified it as harden, mm -hmm. to harden, to prevail, uh, to encourage, and even to take. To prevail, that means that you're going to face opposition. To encourage, that means that there's going to be moments where, you know, you don't know how it's going to turn out. But you got you got to encourage yourself. And even this thing of take, I don't ask for anything. I simply seize the moment because it's mine. So even, even in reading the text, I guess, full circle, waiting on the Lord empowers me to take. It empowers me to seize. It empowers me you know, to encourage simply because I'm waiting and as I wait, I also serve. That is good. Intercessors, don't you ever let it be said that you were the liability to the movement of God's kingdom. That you were the stumbling block to the movement of God's kingdom. There is a passage of scripture in in Zephaniah, I want to say it's Zephaniah. Mm -hmm. Maybe it it's not Zephaniah. It might be Zechariah. Mm -hmm. At any rate, there is a passage of scripture where it talks about um, the prophet is giving a word to Judah. Mm -hmm. um, they go through this falling away from God and a word of restoration is coming and in the message bible literally god is saying i am putting muscle back into judah i'm renewing your strength i'm putting muscle back in judah when you wait you're literally allowing holy spirit yeah, to place heart. muscle that's good in you how many of us are forfeiting the strength, the inner fortitude, the muscle that we need to power through circumstances and situations because we refuse to wait on the Lord. And not just wait on the Lord, but wait in Him. Mm, unpack that. When you think about... Zechariah 10 and 8. Yes, you found it. Uh-huh, Zechariah 10 and 8 putting read it it mm -hmm. is putting he says i will put muscle in the people of judah he says um and i will redeem them and they should have increase as they have increased the secret sauce of waiting in the lord is perspective mm -hmm. when you think about isaiah 40 31 they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. It says they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Mm -hmm. Literally, it feels like that text is oxymoronic mm -hmm. because if I'm running, I should want to faint. Yeah. And if I'm walking, I should be weary. Yeah. It's perspective. Yeah. Literally. When you wait on the Lord, Holy Spirit will and He will empower and equip you to do what is deemed impossible. Mm -hmm. That's literally what a miracle is. Yes. A miracle yes. is God's ability to suspend natural laws to accomplish His purpose. Mm -hmm. What would be complementary for that 
is for willing hands, willing hands and willing hearts that are full of courage to wait on him. Yeah. How many breakthroughs are in limbo because we refuse to wait? And we refuse to receive the courage of heaven to wait. Because you got to be in posture to receive. You got to be in place to receive the courage of heaven to simply wait. Psalms literally says that it is the spirit of the Lord that makes me brave. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So literally there is tenacity, there is bravery that comes by way of Holy Spirit. Yeah. What are the things that, that you need to be brave about? What are you standing in the face of? What, what is your bloodline mm -hmm. being threatened by? Mm -hmm that generations are waiting on you to be brave about. Brave in the face of cancer, brave in the face of domestic violence, brave in the face of diabetes, brave in the face of blood diseases, infirmity, yeah. injustice. Brave in the face of toxic family relationships. Mm -hmm. To call it toxic, to say I still love you, let's heal this up and we not letting each other go. Can we be brave enough to do that? Can we be brave enough to authentically forgive people, but also be forgiven? To say, hey, I got this wrong. I mishandled this. I mishandled you. I'm sorry. Can we be brave enough to pick up the phone and not say, if I offended you? You know you offended them. Be brave enough to say, no, I offended you. I'm sorry. Brave enough to exude humility. Yes. Because it takes humility to be forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. To literally say, as you said, like, yeah, I missed the mark on this. And I'm sorry. And I want to get this right. And be okay if they're not willing to receive reconciliation as you think that it should be. Because reconciliation doesn't always equate to the reestablishment of a relationship. Does not. And there are so many people who are bullied into toxic connections. They are bullied back into toxic um, relationships because they have the understanding or they have the thought process that reconciliation means a restoration or a resuming of relationship. And it does, does not. not. Just because I forgive you, that doesn't necessarily mean you automatically gain yeah. the place in my heart space or even my life space. Yeah. I forgive you, but be great over there that's a thing that's a whole thing listen Be intercessors brave, if you haven't taken anything away from this episode of the let out please 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 do the due diligence to master the art of waiting waiting is you serving the lord and you serve the lord by in employing Holy Spirit to make you brave. Because serving the Lord requires us to take risks, to be dependent on his presence and his power because the truth of the matter is we can't do any of what heaven requires of us on our own will, our own volition, our own intelligence. We need God to do it. Don't. The, the reality is the risk that you may take in this season is not doing what you feel like you should mm. be doing. Mm -hmm. There are so many of us that are out here putting together seminars, programs, all of this stuff, and you need to wait in God. Before you launch any of this. 
it's okay. It is okay. Yes, right. Because doing the right thing in the wrong season is just, it's not only a sin, (laughs) but it's just as damaging as doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. Timing is everything. And I pray, my brother and I, our prayer for you as you listen to this is to sit with Holy Spirit and allow him to try you, not just try your heart, not just try your emotions, but try your motives. Allow Holy Spirit to try your vision, your plans, your purposes, and really figure out if you are moving in the place in in the pace of society you're moving in the pace of social media yeah or if you are in fact moving in the authentic pace of holy spirit and if you are out there listening to us and you are lagging behind god in manifestation i pray that as you begin to lean into Holy Spirit, that he will catch you up in the spirit. Yeah. So that you can be on time and in time. And in time. Say that again. It is our prayer that you will lean into Holy Spirit so that he can catch you up in the spirit so that you can be on time and And in time. time. There's nothing else to be said there, man. How can I get in contact with you? Um, yeah. You can find me on the social medias, Facebook, (laughs) Broderick L. McBride. Uh, It's B-R-O-D-E-R-I-C-K, McBride, M-C-B-R-I-D-E. And my Instagram is at Broderick.McBride. And yeah, what about you? Where can we find you, woman of God? Listen, Instagram and Twitter. Shardemus, that is S-H-A-R-D-E-M-U-S. Uh, y'all still are <laughs> on the book of faces, so I mean just join the party. We over there. You, yeah, know? you know, they're trying to connect with your accoutrements. Pause. Well, Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Hopefully y'all will uh be looking at this man of God's website so these pictures that I saw it'll be on there praise God why would you why you got why? your little suit on it's oh why go why? for it man why? I'm so proud I'm shooting my shot this season huh and I ain't taking no losses it's my time and it's my season y'all better catch it we'll catch y'all next time all right, you out here putting that on the interwebs. Somebody gonna try to catch you. Seem like you're ready to you go know what? all the way. You know what? Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>